I think this will be the pilot episode. People won't even know who Cousin Blaze is. So Cousin Blaze. So <laughs> Welcome to Tea with My Uncle Iros. Lazy Susan style conversations with mentors and musicians that have inspired me over the years. I'm your host, Son of Paper. For those who may not know me or Uncle Iroh, I apologize for the niche reference and applaud your open-mindedness to try out a new pod. My name is Son of Paper, and I'm a 23-year-old rapper from San Francisco, California. Uncle Iroh is a character in Avatar who my generation has deemed the most wise and patient mentor ever. I see our world as Prince Zuko-like, divided and misguided, but with so much goodness trapped inside. And so this season, I sat down with my uncles and aunties to pick their brains on how to best navigate this planet with wisdom, grace, and compassion. And what better beverage for conversation than tea? So I'm Cousin Blaze because I am cousin to Kyle. And I'm also a member of the uh, Paper Mache, you know, son of paper. (laughs) Check him out, streaming on all platforms. I, I generally help where I can. I'm based here in Seattle, though I actually used to live in San Francisco. And once upon a long time ago, I actually used to go to Cameron House occasionally. And um, I always just remembered having such a fun time there and always being just absolutely welcomed in. And um, it was always good for me. It was really um, beneficial for my well-being, you know. Um I suppose, I suppose that's it. I think that's a good little who I am. You know what I'm saying? Favorite color is blue. I like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great color, you know? <laughs> My uh, name's Green. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, family name is Chan, uh, but in Chinese, actually, I'm a, I'm a Lao. Um, and uh I right now I serve as the director of youth ministries at Donald Dana Cameron House in San Francisco's Chinatown. And uh, I, along with my partner here, who will introduce himself later, we were invited to tea by Kyle. And yeah, let's wait, let's toast Kyle first. We can toast. Yay. Um, Kyle, we've known since he was born. And um uh, uh, well, we both have different relationships with his mom, uh, but uh, I grew up with his mom, Sabrina, and she has always been an amazing woman in so many different ways. And what's so special, uh, we grew up together at Cameron House. Uh, we're both members at the uh, Presbyterian Church in Chinatown, and we're also Taiji sisters. And uh, our, our, our teacher, um, one of our common teachers, uh, is Chris Jong, and we're also um, doing this new class together called Cross Tao and Dharma, and how um, we can be such a, a more healthy and together people if we continue to find ways, and, and in this case, uh, across faith. Yeah, there it is, Dao the Ding. Across faith traditions um, to find what is common and what what ties us together instead of keeps us apart. Mm. And um, um, well, I could keep going, but I'll stop there. But uh, yeah, so we know Kyle through community and through his mom, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. 
I I know Kyle through his mom Sabrina too. My name's Corey. And once upon a time, I don't I don't know if you know this or Kyle Ooh, knows this. New but, story uh, coming out. Uh, <laughs> Your mom asked me to take her to her winter ball. Did you know that? Okay, yeah. About that. So I knew your mom since wow, maybe oh, before she, maybe before she was middle school. Maybe I knew her in elementary school as as a leader. You know, at Cameron House, I was a day camp leader. But uh, yeah, I've been going to Cameron House since I was in third grade. I was a kid there, went to club there on Friday nights, uh, became a summer leader, did that several times, and then I was a, uh, a day camp director there, and then uh, then I did that a few times, and then there was this long break, and then a few years ago, you asked me to uh, help teach at... Uh, after school program yeah, BAP yeah. because uh we needed some teachers and uh I don't even know if I could like uh, still relate to the kids but it was uh <laughs> it was one of the best experiences even though I had a, a really challenging first week um being around the 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 youth uh made made me feel a lot younger again and, and got in better shape actually so um, I was with them during the whole school year and, and did it again. And then, uh, then they asked me to be a summer, now they call it coordinator, uh, for their, uh, summer program for the kids. So there's hundreds of kids in the yard and, uh, I had my own team of leaders again. And it was really, uh, three of the best summers. Mm. I've ever had again and uh, would have done it again this year, this past summer, except for um, COVID. So uh, I really feel uh, I wish the kids could have had their summer. Mm -hmm. and I wish I could have uh, had another team of leaders so I could get close to and support and lift up more of these these kids who some of them they come from good families and and they're okay and some kids uh they don't and cameron house happens to be one of the places that uh youth can go to to be with people that uh are perhaps more understanding or more supportive of who they are and accept them for however however they are their their character or what they believe in uh, i liked no no i loved being a part of that and i want to teach or be a part of teaching uh, other kids to kind of appreciate that thing because it makes uh, our lives so much richer without money, just <laughs> richer. Yes. And a lot of people haven't yet been made to 
I guess, uh, appreciate that or understand that. That's, that's too bad because it's so much easier to be appreciative than it is to be wealthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody can be appreciative. Not everybody yeah. can be super rich. Yeah. It's all perspective. And yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, culture, you know, mm-hmm. particularly, and that's what I, always appreciate like among many things that I appreciated about Cameron house. Um, the other thing I always loved about it is exactly what you said. I always had a very hard time fitting in as a kid and I didn't um, relate very well to other kids. And so a lot of the time it's, I had a hard time in school for the most part, but anytime, you know, like Kyle invited me there and I went, it was exactly what you said. I always felt welcomed and, um, it was just a very good and healthy environment to also practice a lot of my creativity, which I had mm. in abundance, you know, and, and me and me and Kyle got to have really good family time there too. We'd work on like goofy videos or uh, play like kickball or something. And that was always a lot of fun, especially cause this guy's so competitive. So I had to show up his <laughs> boss a few times. You know, <laughs> I believe that was through the, the Friday night club program. I think oh, that's yeah, the, I would bring plays too. Yeah. The club program. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was, it was a really good place. And, and as I've mentioned before, um, just, it's so important these days um, for people like you, but like pillars of the community to try to share that message of, of culture and appreciation of things, because especially in American culture, I feel like we uh, lose sight of that. And just like so many other people, I was born without like my culture, but the gift of that at least is that I had the right guidance. I had the right mentors to make me aspire to get there, to, to learn these things. Mm. And over time, um, I made it my mission to, to meet people such as yourself, to, to read, to travel, and to try to gain insight into these things that make me appreciate any circumstances, even when it's hard. Even this year, I've been extremely grateful for my circumstances. And that, that just takes, you know, guidance and a lot of understanding and you know like I wouldn't I wouldn't have made it here if it wasn't for people such as yourself so you know that's why I'm really happy like I said to be here to to be speaking with you I have so much respect for people who respect you know the community the people essentially the community yeah I think one of the um one of the many gifts about uh the community is is are the, are the many role models uh, that have uh, been our mentors, people that have yeah come before us and done a lot of hard work, um, a lot of living and learning, making mistakes, and uh, but modeling you know how to um, work it through you know, and I think that's one of the things that I've. I've always appreciated about the community um, that um, we can live and we can learn and we can make mistakes and, um, and it might be tough, you know, depending on what mistake it was, Mm. Uh, but there's, there's always going to be someone that's there to give a second chance. And Mm -hmm. I think the more that we can continue to um, kind of cultivate that, um, 
because that's that's a new that's like I mean it's so different where there are certain values that you know we grew up with, but now or like in the recent couple of years where there are some things we can't take for granted anymore. I mean, used to like, you know, like kindness. <laughs> oh, we, we can't even take that for granted anymore. You know, someone <laughs> thinking outside of themselves and thinking about what's good for another person. Like that's, that has to be retaught. That yeah, has to be absolutely. modeled again and, and in ways that are, um, that catches the attention of people, not only young people, all people. And um, but the exciting thing is that it's possible, and it's and it's it's being done. It's not that it's not being done. Mm-hmm. But I think the more that there are more people who are mindful and aware and conscious and said, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's model strength through kindness and compassion." Then, then there can be the healing that's needed, and and the awesome and fun and engaging work that people and families and communities can do. Mm-hmm. We got to do it. Yeah. No holding back now. <laughs> I think I think um, today is an interesting day to to do this this podcast on. It just happened to fall on the day where the election has been officially decided. So it's November 7th, I believe. Um, and after four days of counting ballots, um, <laughs> it looks like we will have a new president um, very soon in, in uh, January. Um, and I think it's been, it's been so long. It's just been like this, um, you know, like a, it feels like a, a, sh- a period of sh- being cast in shadow um at the same time we've had to go through our daily lives and and you know just put on our um our best smiles and our best uh our most compassionate selves and and do work like like that that um everyone's doing um but yeah i think i think this is the the exciting part is that a lot of people really continue to do that work despite um having someone so menacing or that um really encouraged hateful uh interactions um that there was actually this light at the end of the tunnel light at the end of the tunnel as well as true action amongst uh across many different backgrounds um i think the the diversity maps of that i saw of the voting was really exciting the young people um, as well as women, like everyone really came together to um, make make this change a very, very, I would I would argue essential for lots of reasons, change in um, in our government, um, for our planet, for our people and the way we treat each other. So um, yeah, uh, do, 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 does anyone have any um, reactions just like emotionally? about uh the time that we're in now 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 that today we we know who we we have a new guy it's exciting wiping away the clouds to see the sun (laughs) Chinese saying or uh like in tai chi practice there are moves or uh 
in, in various martial arts, okay? not Tai Chi, I don't know. But there's a move called move away the clouds so you can see the sun. Oh. <laughs> that, this is what I feel. Mm. Uh, that uh, hopefully we'll be able to put aside some of these things that have been clouding our vision or getting in the way of our progress. And it's, it's coming from both sides of like the leadership in this country that needs to be setting the, the good example for everybody to follow. And that example hasn't been unified. So if we're like that in front of the kids, for example, where we work, it would, of course, lead to them behaving the same way in a negative, in a negative way. So I think if the kids have better examples from the adults in this country or something, or the people who are supposed to be acting like adults, um, then the country has a better future in store and the kids are malleable. So uh, they can change. And that means we have to change too. We have to accept people no matter what political uh, party they belong to. And wow, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and hoping that uh, we can look at each other as, okay, we, you know, people that may disagree, but not people that are enemies or, you know, we need to wipe each other out. We, of course, don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's uh, very unfortunate how divided we've kind of become um, as of lately. And just as you said, like, it's, it's really important to s still see each other as your fellow man. You may absolutely disagree with each other and they may hate you for it, but that doesn't mean you have to reciprocate that feeling because basically this year, especially, and um, something I've learned from my readings is that any ill will you wish upon another person, you only do that upon yourself. It's, it just reflects back to you and you're only making yourself more sick, more full of anger and hate. And that is part of the problem. No matter what you believe in, even if you try to follow a righteous cause, but you do it for the wrong reasons, you're not helping. You're only making things worse. Um, and so I think that's just like a really profound way to, to go about it. Like still just spread love and just be there for your people, no matter what, you know. Sometimes we talk about the good parts of ourselves, the darker parts of ourselves. Um, but when I read that, um, that the dark too is part of me, I felt this freedom mm. that I had never experienced before. Um, and I would say studying Taoism for me made Christianity more real. Like, 
it was just, a, it wasn't about, you know, dividing the, was it the sheeps and the goats or dividing the good and the bad and, you know, dividing the sinner and the righteous, you know, about the, um, uh, just, you know, the outsiders and the insiders. Mm. It was really about how do we see everyone as part of the whole. And uh, that for me was a very pivotal point uh, for me in my faith life, because I had been trying to, you know, how do I get rid of these things in me that cause me to hurt others or hurt myself or hurt the environment? But when I looked at it more of, well, maybe not try to get rid of it because it's still a part of your whole. And so how, how do things change when you see something as not as, as part of you and not something that you need to divide out? Um, so I thought that was kind of an amazing thing. And um, reading stories, parables, Jesus' parables, like things that we've read year after year after year after year, but then reading it through the lens of Taoism kind of gave it, it became uh, richer. Mm. Um, so it's, um, it's been very interesting. Um, I, I, I feel more chill. <laughs> I feel more, <laughs> like more, more kind of like a relaxed, like, there really isn't a hard line of right and wrong, mm. you know, that it's really, it's all part of life and, and how can we learn from it? Uh, and um, the, the other wonderful thing, uh, Kyle, that your mother has introduced into my life, along with Auntie Norma, is, is uh-huh. private work. <laughs> mm. Just um Sponsor us now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so it's a it's a daily practice, seven in the morning, meditation and um, guided questions. Um, and one of the most important questions he asked was, "What are values and beliefs that have helped you get from get you to this point, but that maybe no longer help you?" in terms of getting you to where your future self wants to be. Mm. And I thought, whoa, no one's asked that before. <laughs> you, know, you know, kind of like just this thinking of, oh, everything I've learned in church, everything I've learned at Camera House, everything I've learned from my parents, it must be good. It must be helpful. It must be an important value. But when that question was asked and I had time to think about it and process it, some new thoughts came to mind. And um, I kind of realized that um, maybe I really wasn't living my own life, that I was kind of living a life that would be pleasing for others, Hmm. but not necessarily who I feel I'm supposed to be, who Hmm. I want to be, not because of any one external, but the internal part. so I, I think it's been amazing how studying with Uncle Chris in terms of what is Taoism um, and doing this private work. I'm part of our church's mission study team. So we too were part of this team that's looking about what is the future of our church. Mm-hmm. And as a senior manager at Cameron House, doing a, um, we're doing this process called Achieving Strategic Clarity 
And then beginning of next year, we'll start strategic planning for our organization. All these things. And then Joe Biden as president-elect and Kamala Harris <laughs> as vice president-elect. Yeah. Happening. It's like, mm-hmm. so I forget we have COVID. <laughs> um, Just don't forget when you go out. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, partly, Kyle, what you were saying about even in the midst of this pandemic, right? Even in the midst of all these things that have been happening, you know, what what has been our strength? What's been at each person's core to help us navigate this time? And yeah, of course, it's uh, been pretty impossible for some folks as well. But for those folks where um, we're part of communities, we're part of families, we have resources where we can navigate uh, through this uh, easier, then what is it that we do to bring along our brothers and sisters to, right? Mm -hmm. Again, for other people. We have this, okay, it's not about hoarding it, it's about sharing it and sharing it very freely and generously. The concept of yin and yang is like uh, the universe. And if you think about the universe, it, it expanded in kind of like a spherical shape. It's not like a square or anything like that, because that's just not nature. Nature wants to go out in all directions. So the yin and yang is, uh, was, I think is a very clever drawing because it says so much with so little. So it's, it's a circle shape and it represents wholeness or the universe. And the, the shapes within the yin and yang are, uh, there's a black fish and a white fish that are intertwined so that they form two halves of this circle. And within the white colored fish, there's a little dot of black and vice versa in the, uh, in the black fish is a little dot of white. So if we think about our universe, there's a lot of duality in the universe. There's uh, uh, opposites. So for example, um, good versus bad. Uh, There could not be something called good unless there was something called bad. And there could not be anything called up if there was not a concept of something going down so the uh that concept made it easier for me to accept and understand the world uh, a little more and even within something like the yin and yang uh the uh, white fish for example even at the part that is that has the most white uh, there's that little dot of black. So it means to me, uh, it just means that uh, if you see something that seems really, really like a, a person, for example, who seems really, really good. Oh, I love that person. That person is my idol. There could be the chance that there's something that is dark and unseen about that person. So the Tao teaches not to be uh, so extreme, but to, to kind of see things as a whole. 
I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> much, much more. <laughs> um, can you say a little bit more about, um, I don't think in your introduction, you mentioned your, our connection in terms of uh, martial arts, mm -hmm. lion dancing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, do you want to just talk about, I guess, um, your background in that as well as um, uh, what, I, I guess what you remember about me <laughs> when you were teaching me as when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were taught that you couldn't just join a school and then be thrust into the lion. You had to actually put your dues in, in order to be a lion dancer because the, the lions represented your school and its martial arts. So if, you sucked, uh, that would affect the livelihood of the, the master. So uh, I found that to be so cool. And uh, it was something to strive for. So after a while, uh, we did get to perform the lion dance. And it was after performing the line dance for a while that uh, I just started to learn how deep it was. And I thought, oh, I'm learning a lot here. But in actuality, I, no. It's like digging the Grand Canyon with trying to dig at the Grand Canyon with a plastic spoon. Um, I just started learning about the surface of the ocean, you could say, and learning that it was wet. Okay, the ocean is wet, but you don't know how deep it goes. You don't know what's in the ocean. You just know that there's water on top and it's wet. The line dancing is kind of like that. So I had uh, another teacher who asked me to, well, I asked him about line dancing. He said, oh, if you want to learn some more about line dance, here. And he throws this, he gives me this stack of magazines and old <laughs> Chinese books. And he goes, yeah, there's some things about lion dancing here. But I didn't really have the ability to read Chinese very much other than, you know, some characters in the, all the Mahjok set, like the numbers one to 10. But uh, back then there were no electronic dictionaries. There was no... Uh, internet or anything like that. It was looking up characters one at a time. So the words Kung uh, Fu means hard work. And that's what I had to put in to kind of teach myself a lot about the art. And the more I learned, the, the more I realized how deep it went. And I translated a lot of that material and developed a, a greater and greater appreciation for the art. So uh, it was when you were young that uh, some of the parents at uh, the church in Cameron House asked me to, to teach their kids because sometimes uh, American born uh, Asians are starving for <laughs> 
culture, culture <laughs> to teach their kids. You know, there's no teach us about Japanese culture or Chinese culture and Korean culture, all these, I mean, Vietnamese culture, all these things that make us, us that we don't know. And my contribution was, I guess, starting to teach them a little bit about martial arts and lion dance because um, I taught them that the two go together hand in hand. Um, and it was uh, kind of like an honor to be asked to teach that, even though I lacked a lot of language skills myself, but I, we did that for a while and then your kids grew up and you got involved in other things like chess. <laughs> Talk about that, Kyle. And uh, other kids got involved in sports. And yeah, so we grew out of that, but I've still kept my interest up and uh, found another mentor overseas who taught me just how deep the ocean can go really and uh, it's beyond my ability to to learn it all it's just you cannot learn all of that it's just the more I uh, translate uh, and appreciate that the the more I realize that uh, I love this art and it translates to other aspects of life too. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be about lion dance or martial arts. Uh, it can be anything. And just having some kind of passion like this can make people reach such uh, seemingly unattainable heights and just uh, bring up culture and, you know, whatever culture they have interest in. And I, I just hope that uh, this work that I've been doing for the last few decades, uh, I hope I get to share that work. Um, I, keep trying to add to it when I can. But, uh, life is busy and uh, <laughs> we don't get to do everything we want. So we have to budget our time. That's kind of uh, mm -hmm. what I hope to do because uh, this book I've been working on is, uh, I have a lot of, I have enough material. It's just now it's putting it together to be the book that uh, I always wanted. And, I have it on my computer, but it's uh, when I show it to other line dancers, they want to make this available to other line dancers as well. So mm. uh, my mentor is asking me every now and then to just put it out there. Uh, I'm just kind of fussy about how it looks because <laughs> wanted to look a certain way he's too. a graphic designer yeah too. <laughs> so yeah that's where i am that's really interesting um so if i understand this right what does lion dancing help you create 
um, a deeper understanding for like any martial arts. Like it's not exactly its own thing or part of any one thing. It kind of um, goes in conjunction with with all more or less in the the philosophies of. The lion dance is practiced by many styles of Chinese martial arts, mainly. It doesn't have to be exclusively. But the lion dance, uh, I've learned, can be a tool to teach us about our culture. And it's a way of passing down that culture. So the lion dance we see during New Year's, if you go to the parade, you think, oh my God, I'm going to go to the parade. I'm going to see these big dragons. I'm going to see so many lions and it's going to be the coolest lion dance show. And I'm going to get so much culture. Um, it's nice to see, but it's not the deepest that uh, the lion dance can go because the lion dance can uh, be used to tell our stories. And these stories can be, whew. I mean, <laughs> if you think about a culture that has been around for thousands of years and all the thousands of years of stories that people have, that's what the lion dance can help pass down. So, the uh, the text I'm working on describes how lion dances can remind us of books that we've read, classics, or it can remind us of uh, how we teach our kids to behave and take care of us when we're older. It can be used to test uh, the martial arts skills of the the lion dancers. If they don't have certain skills, they're not allowed to do this lion dance. Uh, it can be lion dances that are forms of protest or uh, they have a political message that's hidden inside. Corey, you were talking about, uh, about lion dancing and how uh, it helps us um, unveil, um, connect with our culture. One of the really awesome things that Corey and the team has been able to do with lion dancing is not only um, share and express Chinese culture, but he's also been able to use Chinese lion dance to bridge culture. So the, the, mm. there's a couple that come to mind, but the one that comes to mind today um, there was uh, an incident uh, in San Francisco between uh, someone black and someone Chinese. Mm. And so there was a lot of um, a lot of, of anger and violence and hatred mm. uh, in one of our uh, San Francisco neighborhoods. And so the Reverend Norman Fong, who's uh, one of our church's associate pastors, he's a uh, just retired as the executive director of Chinatown CDC. Um, uh, he has always been part of trying to bridge Chinese and black um, communities mm -hmm. here in San Francisco. And um, they were going to plan uh, an event uh, where they would try to bring black and Chinese together. 
And Norman has always been, hey, if we're going to share our Chinese culture, you know, we got to have a Chinese lion dance, you know, and so he'll he'll often call Corey, you know, like the day before the event or something. <laughs> Uh, that's a good shout out for you, Norman. Um, and if, um, if you would, if you would just briefly, in a couple minutes, yeah, share about yeah. that experience. I, I think. Be- um, like I said, the lion dance helps us to preserve our cultures because within a certain kind of uh, traditional lion dance performance, we use a lot of props that symbolize uh, people from a story or. Uh, sometimes they represent things that uh, certain concepts in in uh, Chinese culture, like the idea of, uh, for example, uh, a grapefruit, a pomelo grapefruit. That the word for the grapefruit sounds like the words for abundance. Or if you see lettuce in the line dance, the word for lettuce sounds like the words for prosperity. So when the lion typically uh, spits out the lettuce near the conclusion of the performance. It's not like a, uh, a vulgar thing the lion is doing. The lion is sharing and spreading wealth. So I was, I remember telling this to the people in attendance and some of them were Chinese and some of them were African-American. And uh, when we were introduced and I was telling this story, I can see the, uh, the audience members just kind of listening and thinking, okay, this is going to be another Chinese thing. But uh, I told them a story of uh, somebody that I respected and this is a true story and this is what this person did. This person saved a lot of people that uh, were taken against their will and this is how many times she did it and uh, this is the danger that she faced. And when I told the audience that this story that we were about to perform is a story about Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad, their eyes lit up and how can, how can a lion dance tell the story of the Underground Railroad? And uh, it's something that uh, I'm really happy that we've done with uh, lion dances that we've performed that tell the story of other cultures because I honestly have not seen that done anywhere. So it's not, I'm not saying that we're the only ones that have ever done it, but we're the only ones that me in my small world and my small vision uh i have not seen that from uh other groups yet and i hope that uh the lion dance can spread and live on because people realize oh whoa we can actually do this activity and help preserve our cultures even though we live in uh Mexico, for example, we've done a lion dance uh, with a, a story from Mexican culture for Spring Valley because they had a large yeah. uh, Latinx population, right? So people 
<laughs> when they realize, oh my gosh, he's telling this story from our culture. They think it's really cool. And uh, that reaction um, is something that uh, warms my heart. Yeah. It pleases me. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Um, oh, and, and that happened this, this year or last year? Oh, that was a good number of years five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Between four and six years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, the other part too about like Chinese culture, like sometimes there are, um, you know, there, there are like Christians in our church that believe that, you know, really shouldn't have anything of Chinese culture in the church, like in the sanctuary. So mm-hmm. like to do a lion dance in the sanctuary for some of, some of our folks in our church would like, no, that, that'd be awful. <laughs> you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when um, our, when Pastor, uh, Pastor Kimberly Elliott first joined our church, uh, part of the welcome was doing a line dance mm-hmm. and, um, we did and, and another a story, story. Yeah, it yeah. told a Christian story. Mm-hmm. So again, that was just, and, and another time yeah. when uh, 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 an indigenous Native American group from up north came to visit our church too, line dance was done, but sharing one of, one of, one of their stories of to their honor stories. their culture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's powerful that way to, to yeah to be able to create um to not feel tied down about with tradition or what is supposed to happen or how Mm. this art usually is used to express uh but to empower others to to say we 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 take ourselves down uh to present something that is for you and of you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like we want to appropriate yeah. their culture or anything like that. It's when we do something like this, it's to lift to up. To give honor. Yeah. And to appreciate their stories. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to draw the connection um, between kind of, I mean, maybe even a realization just while you were talking and telling that story um, is that, uh, I always thought of uh, martial arts as both a, um, uh, a way to stay fit and to exercise and also to, um, but also an art form as well. But I never really thought about it as a mode of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I see a lot of um, co- connections between um, kind of what, you're doing in terms of bridging culture and um and really innovating in your field um and and how that's similar to what i hope to do i i've just kind of started this this journey in music and in, in rap music and um to to do it in in, in a, as great graceful way as you have um both of you in the work that you that you do is something that i hope I feel like y'all are my auntie and uncle now, you know, I've learned, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's good. Like I've, I just feel very good right now. It's really enriching and it, and it um, just, you know, fills my cup to hear these things. So uh, thanks again. 
now. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the question. I, I wish everyone good health and, and gear up for next year. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of tea, but I'll, <laughs> I'll fake it. <laughs> so, cheers. Cheers. Cheers to America and the world. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Tea with My Uncle Iros. Catch us every Monday on your favorite podcasting service. TWMUI is written and produced by me. Definitely rate and review us on iTunes and follow me at Son of Paper on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Theme music by Keys. For more, visit facebook.com slash unlockedkeys. Spill with y'all next time on Tea with My Uncle Iros.